This is Healthcare Now Radio's Trending Now. I'm your host, Jared Johnson. Join me and my guests as we discuss the latest topics that are in the news or getting social media traction in the universe of healthcare and health IT. It's a fast-paced 30 minutes, so sit back and listen as we kick off the show with what's on trend now. Today, I'm speaking with Patty Riskin, CEO of Orbita. Patty, welcome to Trending Now. Hello, great to be here, Jared. I would love to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better, Patty, because we have a lot to dive into and a lot that's going on in the industry right now. So we can start with maybe telling our listeners a little bit about you and your background. What would you like them to know about you? So I have been in the healthcare data analytics and tech portion of the industry for 30 years. And I started my career really more on the measurement and collection of data as it relates to patient experience and employee experience. I actually founded one of the first electronic survey companies in healthcare called Patient Impact. And I ended up selling that company to Press Ganey, which is the largest patient satisfaction survey company in the U.S., and brought electronic surveying to a paper mail survey company. So I was there for about eight years and was the chief experience officer and um, helped take that company public. And then after eight years, I decided to take a break and then ended up two years later at Qualtrics and was the head of global healthcare at Qualtrics and helped build out that division which also measures patient experience, employee experience, brand experience. And then after Qualtrics went public, Orbita found me and I decided to go back to a more of an early stage company. And Orbita is a conversational AI company that automates workflows. And so what does that mean? We use virtual assistants to help connect the dots and be that connective tissue between patients and providers to really make navigating healthcare easier. So I switched from measurement to action. And I'm excited that we're helping to not just help patients figure out how to get from point A to point B in the healthcare system, but also from an administrative perspective, reducing the burden on clinicians and others that work inside of the healthcare system. There's so much to chew on right there. There's there's a lot of problems that need to be solved. You know, that's that's kind of one of the connective tissues you know, there that I heard. And I imagine there's a lot that has guided you along this storied career up to this point, can you think back to a piece of career advice that has stuck with you? Just one of those things you're like, that has shaped or guided some of this path for me? Well, the best advice I ever got was from my father, who told me the worst thing they can do is fire you. And so I've always been a little bit of a risk taker and put my authentic self out there. And it served me well, but that advice has always you know, reinforced that I got to give it up my all and bring passion to whatever I do. And if uh, the organization doesn't like it, then I can go somewhere else. So it's about resilience. It's about, uh, you know, taking risks. So I have to credit my dad for from the get-go, kind of telling me to go for it. Well, I want to thank him for that <laughs> advice too. That's, that I imagine that has served you well, but also just thinking about a lot of our listeners who are at some point just you know evaluating options. It's happening so often right now, mm. and that's why I'm asking this this question: is that it's it's 
provided such great opportunities to think back through of, you know, what are some of those those things. So thanks for sharing that. It's, it's a great way to kind of set up where we are today, because like you said, you know, where Orbita is in a lot of the technologies that are being talked about a lot right now, I'm it's I just guess apropos to be able to talk about chatbots and virtual assistants, some of the conversational AI manifestations, if you will, out there. We we like to start with a, a trending topic. And today I'm excited because this has to do with very much with where you are. This this is a recent JAMA study about today's uh, more innovative chatbots. And I like to think it's kind of shining a new light on these tools. It's revealing kind of an upgrade, if you will, I feel like. Impressive quality and empathy in their responses to patients' questions. Would you be able to summarize that study for us at all and then uh, share your, your take? Like, what, what, what are you taking away from this? So I think the study reviewed chatbots that were responding to questions from patients, and they compared the chatbot responses to physician responses. And it was like 78.6% preferred the chatbot response. That was fantastic, I thought, because I think in general, people are hesitant to engage with chatbots because you know they think, oh, I'm talking to a robot and this is going to be disappointing. And I think today's chatbots are more empathetic and more, you know, give longer, more comprehensive answers. This study showed that physicians tended to give shorter responses and were less empathetic. So I was actually really pleased to see the study and and believe that what Orbita does in many cases reinforces it. Our tagline is automation with empathy. And so we really strive to make a human-like experience. And this study actually prove that could happen. So it sounds like you weren't necessarily surprised by it, but you know, but it's great for the rest of the world to to kind of see this viewpoint of yeah, like yes, this is this is possible. It, it's possible for for tech to plug in in this way and help improve in, in a few different ways. Is that fair to say? Yes, and you know, there's nothing worse than a bad bot. You know, when you're on the phone and you're starting to scream, you know, agent, agent, or if you are using a chatbot and getting frustrated. So it was great to see that, you know, there was an objective study done that reinforces that chatbots can be very effective and that people can enjoy engaging with them. So that was uh, super positive. I would say, yeah, that, that definitely feels like one of the keys, right? Is that at the end of the day, it is able to be plugged in and people can engage with it in a, in a meaningful way. You know, people seem to be able to sniff out, you know, anything that's different than the norm so quickly. So if there's something different than the way that they're used to engaging, they want it to be better. And so if, if that's not the case, then right off the bat, people are like, yeah, I don't know about this anymore. So yeah. Yeah. But I do think chat GPT is kind of changing that perception. And so the whole generative AI movement, which Orbita has been utilizing for some time, is, I think, changing perceptions because it's now easily accessible, it's widespread. So I think more and more people are going to embrace chatbots in a whole new way and realize the potential for it really to make a difference and simplify things. Save time. Well, maybe we can go there for for a second in terms of where ChatGPT is. I kind of look at what what you're seeing, or if there's anything in is there anything in particular that 
I guess, has changed as a result of. I, I mean, I feel like the the headlines are all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the saturation is getting, you know, is it just because more people are acknowledging that, yeah, actually this, this is working, you know, this is helping. Whereas other technologies have kind of come and gone because that wasn't the response. There wasn't a consensus that it was a generally a, a helpful thing. Is it just because this is like reached a better saturation point? This is significant. This is an improvement in technology using these large language models that is equivalent to the internet or to the iPhone or to Google. I mean, this is like the next generation of Google. My daughter, just to give you an example, used ChatGPT to plan her entire backpacking trip across Europe. And she asked ChatGPT, what cities to visit, what were hidden gems, Where? what's the nightlife like? And then she got all the answers and told it to put it into a table for hers in an itinerary that made sense. And it was all done in the matter of minutes. So the ability for this technology, this advancement to really transform how we can tap into finding information, communicating that information, it's transformative. And specifically in healthcare, I think it's going to make the jobs of physicians and administrators and call centers and others so much easier so that within healthcare, the clinicians can really focus on practicing medicine and practicing to the top of their license versus getting bogged down in some of the administrative nits and grits. So Orbita is specifically focused on trying to automate administrative workflows to make the life of clinicians and those that work inside of healthcare easier. So we're leveraging generative AI to ingest content and make it accessible in just such a more efficient and faster way. It's really exciting. It is. It is. Well, especially when you consider that chatbots and virtual assistants have become the norm in a lot of other industries. Yes. Meanwhile, we do see healthcare professionals are generally, and I know this isn't the case everywhere, but they're generally less likely to implement anything new. So they've some groups have expressed skepticism about their intelligence and their emotional capabilities. So when you're working with healthcare professionals, what's that value proposition for them to use chatbots and related technologies? So the real value prop for them is how much time they can save and how much more they can focus on what they, you know, what they're passionate about, which is interacting with a patient in a caregiving scenario. You know, we work with a number of physicians and their struggle, you know, one in particular, Ohio Gastro, was struggling during COVID and after with incredible call volume. So they were being inundated. And I think it was up to 40,000 calls a month that they were receiving and they couldn't keep up with it. And their staff were burning out and everybody was getting upset about it, both patients and those that were working at the practice. We administered chatbot on their website that could answer 80% of the questions that were coming in. The impact it had was a significant alleviation of the, I would call, routine phone calls that they were getting, which allowed their call center to really catch their breath. And in addition, we were able to automate what I would call the intake process for Ohio Gastro, which allowed 
each physician in the practice to save up to 45 minutes a day because they didn't have to ask patients the same questions over and over and over again. And as a result, they were able to see more patients and they ended up increasing the revenue for their practice, $4 million. So I think with physicians, especially if they can see the return on investment, if they can see the impact in a relatively short period of time, then they're going to be more apt to embrace the technology and really want to take it further. So for, for Ohio Gastro, we're also automating their scheduling process. So they've taken steps to increase their use of automation in order to be more digital first and take advantage of the modern technology that's available. I love that. That's such a clear cut story <laughs> of a benefit and how it directly helps those who you're working with. I love that. I feel like that helps us see just where everything is here. And I know for for technologies like this to be more widely adopted in healthcare, you have to put physicians' concerns at ease, which means there are usually misperceptions that need to be cleared up still. And you refer to these as the dragons of doubt. I love that phrase. <laughs> how do we slay these dragons of doubt? Uh, how do we get through that? Well, you do have to demonstrate return on investment. So one of the things we're doing right now, which is leveraging our use of generative AI, is offering something called, it's called call deflect AI. And what we do is for, let's call it a physician practice, or it could be a hospital, we will scrape all of the content that they have on their website. And hopefully their website is pretty comprehensive and has a lot of FAQs and other things on it. And we will stand up a chatbot within a matter of hours. And then we encourage them to point their patients to their website to answer questions instead of making phone calls. And we're offering that for free for 30 days for them to try it out. So I do think part of it is touching, feeling, and seeing the value. And so in many cases, we have to do a proof of concept because there's both hesitation and fear around some of this technology. You know, what does this mean? Is it going to replace me? Is the patient going to use ChatGPT as their doctor instead of me. We're trying to get away from that and show them how this content and access to this content through a chatbot can really have a significant impact. And I think one of the things that ChatGPT does is pull from the entire internet. So it's accessing whatever content that might be out there through 2021. What we do is put guardrails up. And we're accessing only content that has been vetted, authenticated, validated, so that you can trust that the information that you're getting is legitimate and it's going to be you know, the right answer. We also include the source of the information. So if we're pulling from, it could be a PowerPoint, a PDF, a video, you name it. When we reference it, we're showing the source so if someone wants to dig in further, they can click on that link and it'll take them to the original source of the information so that they can trust the experience. And I do think that is an important component because using the generative AI solutions that are out there that are what I would call open and pulling everything and anything from the web, you can get what's called hallucinations, which means 
it goes off the rails and sometimes it's not giving you legit answers. So Orbita is very careful to host in a private cloud and to only include content that is valid and accurate. I love that. Okay, so showing ROI, working within those guardrails and then communicating those guardrails. I mean, yeah, a, a lot of ways to to navigate this and slay those dragons of doubt. I love it. Well, if you're just now tuning in, I'm Jared Johnson, and you're listening to Trending Now on Healthcare Now Radio. I'm speaking with Patty Riskin, CEO of Orbita. Let's get right back into it, Patty. I, I love this this path we're, we're going on because it helps, again, just kind of paint a picture of what's possible, and you're helping clear up a lot of those misconceptions or really just lack of it you know, lack of un- information or lack of understanding, I feel like, of just folks who aren't as familiar with really what is possible and what's actually happening in real organizations. I wonder if you could tell us what success looks like when it comes to working with a, a virtual assistant, you know, with, with chatbots, with any of these related technologies. How do you know that they're working? Well, so the most successful is when you don't know it's a virtual assistant. <laughs> so oftentimes we'll do outreach and send a text or an email or a phone call to a patient to help them schedule an appointment or take medication or complete an assessment. And sometimes they don't recognize that it's actually a machine that they're interacting with. So part of the success is getting that patient to engage, or you can use the same technology internally and have your employees engage with, say, a chatbot to get answers to questions. So part of success is just utilizing, engaging, and completing whatever task we're trying to secure. The other is that you see reduction in calls or you see improved scheduling. A lot of what we do is focused on helping patients self-schedule which reduces call volume and makes the life of a patient a whole lot easier. You know, everyone's used to open table and Uber and other ways of getting instant gratification and healthcare still uses a lot of phone calls to schedule an appointment. And I think especially with younger generations, the expectation is they'll be able to do more things themselves. So giving patients the ability to do that reduces the call volume, but also can increase the number of appointments scheduled, which translates into increased revenue. So there's very clear return on investment metrics that we can measure and track. And oftentimes that is what demonstrates to the, what I would call the customer, whether that's a hospital, a physician practice or other provider, that these technologies can actually really make a difference. Well, maybe we could drill down on that for a moment, just the different types of organizations. Does success look different for any of those? You mentioned like, you know, if it's an independent doctor's office versus maybe a health system, are there are there differences in how they perceive the value that you just described of making it easier for scheduling to happen, ultimately increasing volume that ultimately increases revenue? Do you have to walk somebody through that story in a different way based on the type of organization they are? Let's see. (laughs) Healthcare in general has not been a fast adopter of new technology. Just historically, it's it's a more, you know, it goes with the territory, a little more risk adverse and being careful to make sure that something's vetted and proven before jumping in the deep end. There are early adapters though, and many of our clients are early adapters and have taken advantage of 
chatbots and outreach that leveraged chatbots. So I don't necessarily think it's a different conversation with a hospital versus a medical practice, whether it's large or small, an imaging center, an ambulatory surgery center, but how quickly they embrace things can vary. So these days we're finding that medical groups are inundated, their their staff and their physicians are burned out and they are looking for solutions and they are willing to jump in the deep end a little bit faster than hospitals. But I think hospitals also recognize that they need a digital front door that's going to allow for easy access. They need to expand their use of self-scheduling so that their call centers can start to calm down in terms of the volume that they're seeing and that there's ways that we can integrate with electronic health record systems or CRMs so that we can fill in the cracks where some of the systems of record don't always provide the best, what I would call user experience. We can complement, we can integrate, and we can make it seamless so that it's easy for the institution to take advantage of the technology and it's easy for that consumer or patient that is looking for care to find what they need to get the appointment with the right doctor, with the right facility, and then you know ultimately have an overall better experience engaging with healthcare. I love that, the kind of seeing the, the trend line there of there's still a pretty common story to tell regardless of what the type of organization is. And sometimes this falls within just being part of such a, a large problem or a large challenge that sometimes feels too big for some organizations to try to tackle. And they, they're either just tired of trying to, to, to solve it, or they've not been sure which path actually is going to get them to where they want to go. So that's great knowing that there is a, a way that success looks like for them and we can help them understand that and, and how a virtual assistant or chatbot helps get them there. So that's great. What other myths are there out there about these kinds of technologies that we haven't really dug into yet? And how do, let's talk about how to dispel those myths. I think the myth is that all chatbots are clunky and not easy to interact with. And I do think that is very quickly not becoming the case. I mean, there's still some bad bots out there, but in general, I think, especially in healthcare these days, our mission is to make it easy and to make it accessible and to allow for the technology to do heavy lifting and, you know, reduce the administrative burden on folks. So I'm hopeful that both physicians, administrators are realizing that it's time to take advantage of the new tech that's available. And there are organizations out there like Orbita that have been doing this for some time. You know, we started with voice and then we expanded into chatbots and text and email. There's a a variety of things that probably no one even guessed that they could do previously. And now things can just be so much easier. And a lot of the, what I would call consumer facing retail type, the Ubers, the, the open tables, the different technologies that are out there that we take for granted. So Amazon is just so easy. They've made shopping just click of a button. I think healthcare is always going to be in person and people first, but there's ways to use technology to really simplify, streamline, and make interactions so much 
easier. Oh, you know what? Well, I, I've seen that as well. I've seen the the fact that uh, we just have to get the over this initial resistance, if you will. We have to kind of help a provider, for instance, understand that yeah, not all chatbots are one size fits all, for instance. And yes, there is a path here that just because there's a new technology doesn't mean it's going to take over much of that in-person aspect at all. Right. Like care is always going to be in person. Like you said, that's proven. (laughs) There's, you know, so we just have to get over that line of thinking and then that helps us get in the right frame of mind to be like, okay, let me get in the weeds here. Like, let's dig in. How do we implement this? What type of, you know, how does this look like for us? What type of structure or technology do we need? What's going to work for us? And that's a very different line of thinking is what I've seen versus those who are just like, I don't even want to address this because, you know, it's painful for me to think about. And I do think we help dispel that by helping share some of these success stories, some of the ones you've already shared there. So I I love just thinking about that and recognizing the impact on perceptions when people realize that this isn't just a one-size-fits-all. There are so many different ways to implement things. And some of the ways that you described how Orbita uses different ways to get there for an organization, I that's great. I, I love hearing all that. Well, Patty, what else would you like our listeners to know that we haven't already discussed? Uh, and either to do with these, you know, what we've been talking about so far, or anything we haven't addressed yet? What you just mentioned made me think, you know, a lot of our clients... They have specific problems that they're trying to solve. So they're what I would call specific use cases. You know, what's keeping them up at night? What's driving them crazy? What are they struggling with? And oftentimes there is a solution. (laughs) So, for example, one of our clients had a lot of urgent care that they were trying to refer them to either primary care or specialists following an urgent care visit. And Patients weren't doing it. They weren't following up. So we did outreach using text and email to those patients and they saw 11% increase in the first week of the outreach of patients booking appointments with the appropriate follow-up physician. So, I mean, that's just one scenario. Another was hard to reach moms who are on Medicaid. They all had cell phones, but they needed, you know, prenatal care. And so outreach that leveraged text to reach those up and coming moms was used to really help improve the prenatal care and ensure a healthier pregnancy and delivery. So there's specific, we'll call them challenges that an organization might be facing and the technology can be applied. So it doesn't, it's not a one size fits all. And because we can ingest content so quickly these days with generative AI, it allows us to fit where the organization needs us. And then they realize, wow, there's so much more we can do. We can handle grievances. We can handle ordering lunches instead of a patient calling the call center between 11 and 2 and making the the call volume go through the roof. We can use a chatbot to help them understand what's on the menu and place their order. So it really can run the gamut in terms of the applications. And so I guess it's you can start really small and you can address that 
pain point, and then you realize, wow, there's so much more we can do. Well, that's a perfect place for us to wrap up. There's so much more we can do. And I want to thank you, Patty, for helping us explore what's on trend here. It's been such a pleasure to dive into this, to hear some of the success stories, to feel encouraged by what's possible, quite frankly. And with that's a wrap for today. And I want to thank my guest, Patty Riskin, CEO of Orbita. To learn more about Orbita, you can find them at www.orbita.ai. You can learn more about today's show on our program page on healthcarenowradio.com. And make sure you follow the show's hashtag TrendingNowHC and follow me on Twitter at Jared Piano. Until next time, if it's happening in healthcare and it's, and it's now, it's on Trending Now. Thanks again. 